Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is our first official Friday football festival. As football is actually here, games that will count in the standings will take place this weekend. Welcome to Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Of course, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I am not Chris Carlin, nor is Nick Friedle. He's Nick Friedle. I'm Braden Gall. We're in for the guys. Uh, and, of course, joining us now on his own show, Chris Carlin. And, Chris, you have had a very long and distinguished career <laughs> in the media. You have worked very hard to get where you are. How do you feel when somebody like me starts your show with stuff like, I think the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl? How does that make you feel? I don't hate it. I have to tell you. I, I, I don't think Trey Lance is ready, but that's just based on uh, the idea that he hasn't played a ton of football. Um, but I, everything else, every other part of the 49ers I get, Chris is all over it too. He and Lewis Riddick have very much been in lockstep on what Trey Lance is going to be this year. I, I think it's asking a lot, though. I mean, I, listen, I knew a couple of guys who were on the staff at North Dakota State when he was there and was asking about him around the draft. And, you know, they loved him, and you hear all the things that you're going to hear from coaches about their players. But the one thing that they caution is, listen, if you're thinking he's going to walk in the door and be ready to play day one, well, he's not, and we saw that last year. He played a little bit here and there. I mean, think about this for a second. Kenny Pickett played 53 games in college and started 49 of them. You have, between college and pros, uh, Trey Lance has played 26 games and, and one entire season. So that's where my hang-up is right now. I just He needs to play, but I can't expect him to be amazing right away. All I heard was I liked it. I didn't hear anything after that. <laughs> you blacked <laughs> out. That's all I heard. All I heard style. was I like it. I like it. And then there was nothing, there was nothing else after it that. It is bold. <laughs> uh, Mr. Carlin, this this Aaron Donald video and saga of swinging the helmets at the joint practice with the Bengals, it's gotten a lot of play recently. First off, do you think he should be suspended? And if the Rams don't suspend him, and Brandon and I do not expect that to happen, do you think the NFL needs to step in and make it a point to do something more than just some kind of fine in this case? Well, they should, and it's. I think the, I think that he should. Okay, if you go back and you look at what happened um, on the field with Mason Rudolph when uh, Miles Garrett hit him, he hit him with the helmet and he wasn't wearing a helmet at the time, actually got hit with his own helmet, and that's why he got suspended indefinitely, and it ended up being six games. I don't, I don't think it should be that. I know that we're – I've heard a lot of guys say we're talking about practice here. So does that mean it actually doesn't happen? I mean, it happened. And the league has come with this – well, the league's stance on this is. It's not a collectively bargained rule. It's not anything like that. It's just the league saying, well, we don't really want to deal with this. Uh, I, I think you should at least do something about it. The Rams aren't going to do anything about it. Of course they're not. Um, 
I think that something should be done about it. I don't think it should be severe uh, because it is um, a situation where it didn't look like at least uh, that anybody got seriously hit hard by it or anybody that got hit wasn't wearing a helmet already. Uh, but the one thing I would say about it is it it does happen in the same way. You can't swing that as a weapon and just pretend like it didn't happen. I, I'll ask it another way. If we had better video of it and you could actually really tell who got hit and how they got hit, would we have a different situation? Yeah. If we had a 12-camera game, of course we would, but they're relying on iPhone footage from 100 yards away. Chris Carlin joining us here on Canty and Carlin, the Carlin in the the Canty and Carlin of the show here. Uh, Nick Friedel, Braden Gall filling in. And I do think that there's something they could do with just swinging a helmet specifically. Right, like make yeah. make a certain fine about the helmet specifically because again, I I just I was at Bucks Titans practice and I saw Leonard Fournette throw a punch at, at at Jeffrey Simmons, who first of all Jeffrey Simmons is a monstrous human being that you don't <laughs> mess with, but he's got his helmet on and I'm just like I'm blown away and so it doesn't ever occur to me that that is a con- like if someone's gonna throw a punch at a player with a helmet on. That's sort of on you, dude. Like, yeah, you're, like you're going to get what you deserve right, at that right. point. Like, you don't need to be fine for that. Your yeah. hand is broken because you're kind of an idiot. But yeah. the, the, the helmet swinging specifically is not something we need to see in this sport. No, it's a weapon. It's, I mean, if anybody gets hit with that, they could get hurt from it. There's, there's no question. Anybody that swings, I, I have never understood this. I know it's instinctual probably when you get ticked off in that moment, but I have never understood uh, not taking a second and saying, wait a second, maybe I shouldn't throw a punch while a guy's wearing a helmet. <laughs> that one I never have gotten. Chris Carlin joining us here, Nick Fredell, Braden Gall. Dallas Cowboys, Chris, let me ask you about the Cowboys. Uh, what, what is the thing that, that will keep them from winning a championship? What, what's the one thing, if you've got to put your finger on it? Jerry Jones. Um, he's got to fire the general manager, but that's him. So that, that's not going to happen. Uh, if you want to look at... I mean, just think back to how the whole Jimmy Johnson thing unfolded and how he ended up um, getting rid of him. It was about getting credit for it. And what has happened since the Cowboys have won four playoff games and not gotten further uh, than the divisional round since that happened in the last, what, 25 years or so. The Jets have been to an AFC championship game three times since the Cowboys <laughs> have won have gotten past the divisional round. Uh, Think about that for a second. The Jets. That's a great stat. Yeah, I mean, that tells me everything. So uh, I think that's the number one thing. And I also think I I don't get this idea that they're supposed to be better this year when they cut Lael Collins, when they traded away Amari Cooper, and now they don't have Tyron Smith. And I I know Smith's injury history, but – it's it's a big concern for me that that they continue to find themselves in this position. So, but listen, management isn't changing anytime soon as long as Jerry owns the team or, you know, when his kids officially take over or whatever. Um, maybe they'll decide to do it. But I, I just think that's that's a consistent common denominator that keeps them from winning. Chris, we've got week zero coming up tomorrow. College football. Nebraska and Northwestern and Dublin. We've got Vanderbilt going to see Hawaii. As you look ahead to this season, what excites you the most? You know, I I, I always get really excited to watch 
how the SEC is going to play out and how the Big Ten is going to play out because I do think they're the, the two biggest or best conferences in the country. I know that's such a crazy take to say that, <laughs> but it, it it is to me always entertaining to try to figure that out um, when we expect the, the usual suspects to be there. But, for instance, Brian Kelly at LSU, you look at every place that he has been before, and he's a guy that has the immediate impact, and they all they up their game a little bit. I was doing this earlier today. One of the best bets to me when you're looking at college football this season is LSU over six and a half wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, that feels like a, a, a mortal lock. I mean, they've got a couple of the tough games, yes, but if they find their way through a stretch where they've got Alabama, Arkansas, and the third game is escaping me at the moment. If they get one of these two games or one of these three games and they're at home, I, I don't see how they wouldn't win seven games. I, I think that, um, you know, I always enjoy watching Alabama play. I know people get tired of them, but I've always been fascinated by the Nick Saban process and they should be absolutely loaded this year. I mean, their, their over-under number is 11.5 regular season wins. So we're saying they're going to go undefeated to go the over. And they're only a, you know, to, to not hit that, they're only a slight, slight favorite to do it. So, I mean, that kind of tells me everything about it. But I, I just, I love college football. I get fired up for it. And I do a lot of games in the Big Ten. I do Rutgers football. So I get to see a lot of the Big Ten teams and, uh, you know, more than anything, I just I like to see how teams, especially now, have completely been overhauled with the whole transfer process and the fact that you can uh, basically change your mind on a dime right now on where you want to play football. Yeah, that's the uh, the Mel Tucker Michigan State experience. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> it is, and it changed very quickly last year. That was for sure. Going to play. I I love this, by the way, Nick. Uh, that two guests now. Have uh, I, I had LSU over six and a half in March? I put money on LSU over six and a half in March. I said you're a smart man. I said hammer the over. Joe Fortenbaugh gave me oh the over on Mississippi State six and a half. I'm feeling really good all of a sudden about my bets after hosting the show with you guys today. So I'm appreciating for that. you and your um, family. Yes, that's that's, for, that's that's going right into the 529C boys. That's what that is. Um, so, so Chris, you and I have, you and I have known each other for a while, and you know you know that I am a long suffering New York Mets fan, which there aren't any other kind of. That. That actually, and yeah. my father bestowed that burden upon me at a young age. When, when am I allowed to start watching the team? When am I allowed to, to, to allow myself to buy in? When can I do that, or, or should I just protect myself and put up a wall like I did no, when, I, like I, when think I was dating? We're we're in late August now. If you're not going to allow yourself a little bit of at least an attempt for the search of joy, <laughs> then then what's the point of putting yourself through all this pain to begin with? Hmm. I. I I feel like I'm you have to Grom and Scherzer, man. Like if you can't <laughs> enjoy that, I, I, I know. I, I I know. I did Mets pre and post game five years. I grew I up a Mets fan. I get it, Braden. You know this. I get it. I know. I know. It's Degrom and Scherzer. Like for now. <sighs> <laughs> wow, you're just counting on it, aren't you? I, of course you I are am. Just, of course I am. <laughs> you are you you right now. The only thing in your mind when it comes to Mets baseball is the trainer visiting Jacob Degrom on the mound. Oh my God, <laughs> that's it. I'm already going. Into, I'm having seizures. Like no, like I'm the girl on the reality TV show who doesn't believe any of the guys and what they're saying. <laughs> 
I don't believe any so of it. What are you doing on the show? I don't believe exactly. any of it. Exactly. It's a valid point. You make a valid point, Nick. Uh, Chris, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, I'm just, now I'm just picturing you on The Bachelorette, you know, like, I, I don't buy any of this crap. <laughs> That's basically what it is. I just need a nice guy, guys. I just want a nice guy. Where is he? Chris, Chris, Chris thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Oh, speaking of baseball, tune in to an NL battle Sunday as the Cards host the Braves, the Braves that will beat my Mets eventually. Coverage on Sunday oh, night baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Patrick Beverly is officially on the Lakers, but will that push them over the hump next season? We'll examine that deal next. This is Canty and Carlin, Braden Gall and Nick Friedell, and for the guys, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Los Angeles Lakers have added some much-needed defensive grit and toughness. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Nick Verdell, Braden Gall in for the guys. Of course, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, the Lakers uh, are acquiring guard Patrick Beverly from the Utah Jazz. The deal sends Lakers guard Taylor Horton Tucker and forward Stanley Johnson to the Jazz, according to sources uh, with ESPN over the past five seasons. Beverly, who is 34 years old, has held opponents to roughly 42% from the floor as the closest defender, which is one of the best in the entire NBA uh, when you bet, you know, in terms of how many minutes played, how many shots defended, at least 2,000 there, according to ESPN stats and information. Uh, Nick, I'll get your thoughts on this in just a second, but let's hear from Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, his thoughts on what, on what Pat Beverly brings to the Lakers starting lineup dynamic. My belief is that Westbrook will be there when we get going in training camp here and, and that these guys are going to have to be on the same page for this to, to succeed here. But um, I understand that the you know basically this, this Laker roster had no identity here. I know we can talk about LeBron and AD here, but Beverly gives them an identity, a defensive toughness, You know, certainly a locker room guy here. But for the, it to work, and if Westbrook is here, you know these two guys have to be, you know, they're going to have to put their, their hard feelings aside. Bobby Marks there, ESPN NBA front office insider, explaining what Patrick Beverly brings to the Lakers lineup. Nick, let me ask you this. We ju- we've talked about the, the, the Warriors winning with patience and culture and buy-in. We've talked about the Nets and the lack of all of that stuff costing them problems 
the way Durant and Irving have, have not gotten – I don't want to say gotten along. That's not the right term, but you know what I mean. Uh, you know, listen, there are young stars and there's culture, and that ain't the Lakers right now. But this is a guy who brings some of that to the table – you like the deal? You like the move? Where does this put them in the Western Conference? And is there another move that they need to make to try to elevate themselves into the the, the actual contender tier in the Western Conference? Braden, I like the move. With Pat Bev on your team, you're going to have that tenacity that has been missing for far too long in Lakerland. You're going to have grit and toughness and a guy who wins. That That part is all true, and it can't be overestimated when – you are talking about a team that lacked an edge and has for a while. We know they were great in the bubble. We know they won that title. They haven't looked the same since. So in that regard, I think he fits what that team needs. Do I think there's a corresponding move? It feels like it. With all the Russell Westbrook stuff in the past and the issues they've had in years before, it wouldn't surprise me if they – they separated him and and sent Russ elsewhere, but I say that having listened to two months' worth of, hey, is Russ going to the Nets? Oh, nobody really wants that contract? Okay, well, I guess he's not going to Brooklyn. So I'm not sure what else Rob Polinka and that Lakers front office can do as far as the Westbrook contract is concerned, but from a broader standpoint with the Lakers, I do not see them being that much better. I just don't like... The framework of that roster, although they have made a couple moves over the summer that make you think they can be better, I just think their time with LeBron and AD at the top has come and gone as far as winning titles. Not getting back to the postseason, maybe making some noise in a series or two, but winning titles, that would surprise me. In the in Lakerland. Well, put your GM hat on for me then, and and let's pretend play hypothetical GM here with with Westbrook maybe the key piece. What is it that this organization then needs to maximize LeBron James's final few years in L.A.? Is it, is it Anthony Davis just needing to flip a switch, stay healthy? Is it LeBron needing to get out of the way of the, the, the player management? Is it is it more grit and defensive toughness? Is it a swing three? Like, what is it that they need that you think could actually be the difference between just being a seven or an eight seed in the playoffs and actually challenging in the Western Conference? If you're buying, Braden, that they can win again, and get another title before LeBron is done and he comes off to a different side of his career, it's got to be Anthony Davis because the Russell Westbrook thing is done. It's a sunk cost. You're not probably going to be able to move him, and if you do move him, you're not going to be able to move him for somebody who's going to be able to come in and help you. So if you're believing that LeBron and the Lakers can still win a title, you are believing – that Anthony Davis can finally not only stay on the floor and produce, but can be the MVP of the league. I don't believe that. After what we've seen, I find that very, very difficult to think that after all these years of different injuries and an inability to stay healthy, that he can do it and play at that same high level. But that's the answer. All these other moves on the periphery are nice. Pat Bev is a really solid addition. If you're believing the Lakers can win another title – you believe that it's Anthony Davis, not LeBron, who has to carry them there. Yep, it's it's less Kevin Durant, more Steph Curry in terms of demeanor and mm-hmm. attitude, alpha, that dog you need to win a championship. That's what they need out of Anthony Davis. Nick Ferdell, Braden Gall here. Canty and Carlin is brought to you by CSX. Join CSX, a company on the move, csx.com slash 
careers. Are you taking the top three in all of college football to win the national championship or the field? We'll ask Jason Fitz when he joins us next. This is Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia or the field to win the national championship. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. His name is, his name is Nick Friedle. My name is Braden Gall. Jason Fitz joining the show, a man of many talents and abilities all over the airwaves, the digital platforms. Basically, you can hear him talking about college football at any point during any day of the year. Fitzy, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm good. You know what? TV magic. I, I loosen the tie a little bit. I'm like a substitute teacher right now that might actually be like a youth pastor on the weekends. Uh, cool tattoos, but I'm watching myself on TV right now on ESPN2 for hosting college football live. Feel good. Feel good. Shirt-tie combo was fire today. Are you allowed to go on the radio and talk about your own fire outfit? Like, yeah. is that is that something we're condoning on ESPN Radio now? Look, we all you you guys both know me very well. I don't have a hype man. Usually in my life, I got the opposite of a hype man. I got somebody in my corner that's like overrated. So, like, when I like my shirt tie combo, oh, I'm going right. full Timberlake with <laughs> Let it. Let it fly. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. All right. So, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia to win the national championship or the field. Who you got? Bama, Ohio State, Georgia. Uh, I, I, look, I think that there's going to be really interesting storylines, and the battle for four is going to be incredible this year. But those three teams are more talented. Those three teams are better coached. Those three teams come in with a perceived benefit of the doubt in some things that they do. Like, I, I think some of that matters. Like, if you're an ACC team and you drop a game, you're going to have an uphill, uphill battle. If you're an SEC team like Alabama or Georgia and you drop a game somewhere, we're immediately going to get into, well, you still have the SEC championship to get that game back. So it's hard for me not to find their way into the playoffs. And in the playoffs, I'm not, I'm not betting against teams that I know have the coaches and the quarterbacks that have been there and can get it done. Fits on a broader standpoint for the sport itself, as we get set for week zero tomorrow and a couple of big matchups in week one. What are you most excited about this season? I think there is more parity, and I don't mean parity, maybe that's not the right word. There are more really good teams than we've seen in a long time. And I'll use the Big Ten as an example. Like, I'm not saying that Mel Tucker can run back what he did last year, but the transfer portal turned out to be like winning the lottery for Mel Tucker at Michigan State. He was able to rebuild that roster essentially overnight, come in with that roster, and all of a sudden get himself and everybody on that staff paid. And now he's set a new identity. They've recruited at a better level than they've been able to recruit for a long time. So I look at Michigan State and say, can you clearly tell 
tell me that this version of Michigan State can't run it back, but Michigan can. So I think it gets a lot more complicated when you start looking not just at the top three, but the rest. Like, can A&M bridge the gap that gets them into the conversation in the SEC? Like, those are the things that I think get really enticing. And the ACC is better than it's getting any conference. Like, just because you're not part of the mega conference conversation doesn't mean that Clemson, North Carolina, like, those are good teams that can make the playoffs and make a run. Yeah, I, I think it is more. We were talking about this just a few minutes ago on the show. Jason Fitz joining us here, Nick Ferdell, Braden Gall, Canty, and Carlin. I, I think there are more races and battles that are interesting in the Pac-12, the Big 12, the ACC, behind Ohio State, the health of the middle class in the SEC. I think there are more good football teams battling on any given Saturday than we've ever had. And I think you have to ignore the championship conversation and just focus on your favorite team, and I think you're going to have a – Great season. But along the lines of the mega conference, it's very possible, Fitzy, that we have Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan in the playoff. All, all four of them will be favored in almost every game they play, with the exception of when they play each other. Uh, what do you think happens to the hearts and minds of college football fans if two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams make the playoff? Yeah, this is where everybody's heads start to explode, but like, I can't say this loud enough. I don't, and I don't think any of us should ever care what conference you're in when it comes to the playoff like this conversation about uh, expansion of the playoffs even Braden and you guys you guys know this we hear it all the time like but the conversation that that will then come with automatic bids I think that is the worst thing that could happen to college football in a generation because what makes it interesting is the human element like one of my favorite things that I do on a digital Monday night football show is I ask a bunch of a bunch of our experts to be a NFL committee just like the college football committee, come up with the top four teams every single week and then decide who would make the playoffs, who would not make the playoffs. When you make it that subjective, it becomes incredibly interesting. So I personally hope that we get this as an eye-opening moment to, to look across the board and say, I don't care if you win your conference. I care if you're one of the four best teams and the four most deserving teams to make that. And so for me, I want the four best. I don't care if all four teams come from the ACC. I don't care if all four teams come from you know the group of five give me the four best teams going into it and if that means two and two i think that ultimately long term is good for the conversation fits in the context of this conversation then do you think college football is strong enough with just the games to overcome all the talk about conference realignment and the nil and all the money that continues to pour into the game itself will the games push through those clouds or will the cloud of everybody changing conferences and the haves and the have-nots overwhelm this season? There are two answers to that question, Friedel, and that is a great question by you because look at the way we cover baseball, for example. And as a national sport, when we cover baseball, we stick to the biggest soap operas we possibly can, right? That's what we dive into. That's what realignment has been. That's what expansion is. That's what uh, playoff expansion is. Like That's all part of a large conversation. When it comes to the actual mega fan of college football, the person that just their soul is ruled by it, I will never forget walking through Nebraska on a Nebraska Saturday when you're walking around and you see the tailgates and you see the gas stations that close down and they just fill up their parking lot with all of the food they possibly can and people just walk through on their way to the stadiums and you realize that what it means every single Saturday to great college football fan bases is everything. It's life. It's rivalry. It's the opportunity to sit there and and say, hey, we're better than you for this week. It's so much of it is in the culture and history of the fans. I think just having games is going to resonate so much 
to mega fans. What we're going to end up with is can those mega fans be fed by the games while the casual fans that are just sitting around are fed by the opportunity to at least have soap operas. And that's what I think we will get some of this year. Uh, to Braden's point, like I, I genuinely think there are a lot of mid-level games within major conferences that will be interesting this year, but nationally we're going to be obsessed with the big stuff. So if, if, the, if the passionate fan base can resonate with the mid-level games, I think they will. I think that cures everything in conversation for college football. Jason Fitz joining us here, Canty and Carlin, Nick Ferdell, Braden Gall. I, I like Baylor versus Kansas State is not a game that is the big casual fan soap opera, but that could be the Big Twelve championship game. Like NC State and Miami is not, and maybe Miami's too big of a brand for this conversation. But NC State and Miami could be playing in the ACC championship game. Like that, these are the teams that if you're a diehard fan. Ignore the noise and focus on how great every Saturday is going to be. Yeah, you think West Virginia Pitt fans give a damn about what we're talking oh. about on first take? No, but they care about that matchup this year more than ever, right? Like the, Sold out. The, that, that's, what, that's what's going to feed gonna the awesome. souls. It's going to be awesome. That, that game, by the way, uh, that game is going to be ridiculous. Was that Thursday night next week? Yeah. Cannot wait. I cannot wait. Uh, how about this? I'll, I'll leave you with this. Maybe this is a hot take. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Is Georgia actually underrated right now? Are people actually di- kind of avoiding and just missing the fact that Georgia's the defending champ with a returning quarterback and a great roster and a great coach. Yeah, people are talking about the amount of players drafted on the defensive side of the ball. To that, I would say, why is it we constantly give teams like Alabama that recruit incredibly well benefit of the doubt that they can reload? Georgia deserves all the benefit of the doubt. There's been one monkey on the back of that program for years, and it's you can't beat Bama. Now that they have, I don't know, man. It feels like they, they, they walk into this thing free and clear. They're taking all of these rankings as a just blatant disrespect I, I think we're overlooking Georgia. I, I think Georgia will win the SEC this year. So Ooh, I, I'm all in on Georgia, Georgia running it go. back over Alabama just because I, I think all this has done to make Georgia hungrier and they can play free knowing that they already did it. It's funny. I, I will go with you on this, Fitzy, and pick Georgia to win the SEC, but I think the exact opposite of last year happens. I think they play again in the national championship and Bama wins the national title after losing to them in the SEC championship game. But I think Georgia's getting there, boys. What are you talking about? Uh, Georgia's going to be playing A&M, according to Desmond. Desmond Howard spent uh, all day today hyping up A&M as the, as the, uh, the West hope. What's happening? I'm, I'm hyping up Michigan. <laughs> I'm hyping up Michigan and he's hyping up A&M. What's going on? That's not right. Fitzy, always a pleasure, man. Thank you, dude. You guys are the best. Thanks for having me. Jason Fitz, of course, the great and wonderful and talented, amazing Jason Fitz. If you want to hear him play the fiddle, to the the, 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 the the Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders. He's going to hate me for that. The Las Vegas Raiders uh, theme song there. The the winter winds. Spectacular. The it's autumn awesome. wind is a pirate. The autumn wind Mr. is Gall. a pirate. And he does it like with the – oh, it's spectacular. It's spectacular. Uh, all right. Uh, Nick Fredell, Braden Gall in here for the guys. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. What are we going to see go away first? Pro-Am events in the NBA or joint practices in the NFL? We'll tell you next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Carlin, ESPN Radio, Nick Friedle, Braden Gall. Some news here in Major League Baseball star rookie Julio Rodriguez and the Seattle Mariners are finalizing a massive long-term contract extension. And, Nick, when I say massive long-term contract extension, I'm not sure those words even do it justice. Of course, sources telling ESPN the structure of the massive extension is very complicated, but the top-line details is that sources have told ESPN $210 million guaranteed over, wait for it, Nick, 14 years with the ability to grow well over $400 million. There's some player and team options in there as well. He's only 21 years old. Can you believe that there is a – I've never even heard of a 14-year contract. What what are we talking about here? The only time I have is when <laughs> the Nationals were trying to give one to Juan Soto a little while ago, Braden, and we know how that turned out. I, I think that was 13 or 14 years but this is what scares me as somebody who has loved baseball <laughs> my whole life. I've heard of Julio Rodriguez. I knew he was a hell of a player. Did I think he was going to sign a deal that was worth almost $400 million? This is where baseball loses me right now in 2022. Because how do more people not know about a guy who's going to sign a deal that is this ginormous? What I'm curious about is... It- one of the problems with all major sports is that players just move, right? We're talking about this with the transfer portal in college yep. football. So I think it could, in theory, be a good thing for a market like Seattle to keep a homegrown prospect, a star rookie like that, at home for 14 years. That is something you can sell to your fans. I mean, I assume you could just trade them whenever you want to if somebody wants to take on the contract. But isn't it, in theory, potentially a good strategy for markets like Seattle and others in baseball to try to lock up their guys for these long-term deals? I mean, I know there's risk involved in all these contracts on both sides, especially 14 years when a guy's 21 years old. But isn't that a way to potentially – because that's the problem with Soto, is that you, you find this superstar, you develop him, and then all the guys that won the World Series for the Nationals are now all gone. And if you're a kid rooting for that team, all your favorite players are gone. It's cost-controlled. They're doing the best they can with what they've got. Braden, we've seen it with the Braves. They've done it in Atlanta with a couple of their young stars recently. The other side to this is Fernando Tatis in San Diego because he got one of these deals, and everybody was really happy when that thing got signed. And in two and a half years, we've seen the way that's gone. So it can cut both ways. But if you have a player you believe in and they want to be there, I'm for taking that risk, especially in a market that doesn't have money pouring in to their yeah. baseball team over years past. Yeah, it's it's a marriage with risks on both sides, right? The player and the team, and hopefully that, that incentive will help them stay together for longer. So some drama in the NFL and the NBA. That's next on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Nick Friedle, Braden Gall in for the guys here on a football Friday. Actual football games, Nick, next just tomorrow will actually affect the standings. In fact, one, Nebraska Northwestern could actually affect the Big Ten West race. How about that? In, in Ireland, throw out the records when Northwestern and Nebraska get together in Ireland. Throw them all um, the way out. Yes, just uh, <laughs> throw them across the pond. There you go. Uh, so, uh, you know, sometimes perception is reality, right? And, and I think it's hard to break 
through sometimes. And when you watch Aaron Donald swinging a helmet at practice, there's a perception of what people are going to see that video and they're going to judge and they're going to understand, oh, this is they're going to make per- judgments about what NFL practices should or shouldn't be and how dangerous that is or isn't. And, of course, Oklahoma City Thunder rookie Chet Holmgren is going to miss the entire season with a foot injury he suffered in a pro-am basketball game. This is a guy, number two overall pick, all the, you know, all the talent in the world out of Gonzaga. But the perception of him, and this is probably unfair for him, but the perception was, all right, needs to eat a few pork chops, right? Like, let's put, yep. put, some, put some meat on the bones. Throw he's, some burgers he, in there. He's, he's wiry, but he's got incredible skill. It's obviously why he was a high prospect coming out of high school and why he was such a, a highly touted prospect coming into the draft. The perception of him is going to be, oh, well, he could be injury prone because he's a little skinny. And then, of course, this happens where he's going to miss the entire season with a foot injury. I don't think that's fair, but it certainly raises the question about should these guys be doing these, running these games in these pro-ams? Should, should we have joint practices in the NFL? It raises other questions, I think, um, that are important to answer. Braden, the joint practices in the NFL have been a staple for years and years and years. And again, in this case, with Aaron Donald, so much of why we're, we've been discussing this, not only throughout the show, but all across the country in the last 48 hours or so, is because there's so much more accessibility for fans to to tape these things and to be on their phones and to tweet it out to the masses very quickly. But Pro-Am games have been taken and, and going on for years and years and years, too. This one got more attention, certainly, because it was headed up by Jamal Crawford in the crossover out in Seattle, but because of LeBron's presence. But this is why I'm hesitant to think that league executives, in the NBA at least, are going to sit there this summer and into this season and go, ah, do I really want my guys in those kind of environments? Yes, they've been taking place forever. Yes, you, you could argue that Guys get hurt all the time in in pickup games, in practices uh, when cameras aren't running. Case in point, Clay Thompson a couple years ago, after coming off the ACL injury, he blew yeah. out his Achilles in a pickup game in Los Angeles. Nobody knew what was going on aside from the players on the floor. But so much money is in not only the NBA, the NFL, at hell, college football, all over the place that I just think a lot of the the ownership groups in the league are going to go, do I really want my guy out in those kind of settings where it's not overseen by us and we can't uh, predict some of the conditions that may be on the floor, may be going on. I, I would think out of the two, if there was an option, we would see less big names in Pro-Am games moving forward. And that is just too bad for a lot of markets like Seattle that don't have a pro team and don't have access available to some of these bigger-name guys. Myron Metcalf, ESPN radio host, was on Barton Hahn, and here were his thoughts on the NBA allowing players in these pro-ams. I think that that's the wrong response. And I see it happening everywhere. People are saying, pull all the NBA guys out of these pro-ams. Uh, you know, don't allow them to play in events that aren't all NBA or attached to NBA facilities. And I just think that's the, the wrong deal. Like, Chad Ongren didn't get hurt because someone fouled him in a weird way or, or something happened that might not have happened on an NBA court. He just landed awkwardly. And listen, there aren't any bigger Chet fans than, than I am. I mean, I follow him through his high school career. He's a Minnesota guy. I know the family. I hate this, man, especially since big men with these kinds of injuries, sometimes they don't bounce back. 
But I don't think you can say pull these guys out of the events because that's to imply that something with the event itself is why he got hurt. And that's not the case. Myron Metcalf there. And he raises an interesting point. I'm more with you, though. And because here's why. Like, I think I try to put myself in the shoes of like an Oklahoma City fan. There's some there's a couple nice pieces on that team. They're starting to feel like they're turning a corner to develop into something that maybe down the road in a couple of years could be some version of a playoff contender. Right. And now it feels like that entire process has been stopped because of this. And so I'm not disagreeing with Myron, but I'm why why put why take the risk if you're Oklahoma City? This was your future right here. That's the problem. And I think a lot of people, and we'll see where Sam Presti lands on this, Braden, but a lot of people in the game are going to go, I'd love for you to play, but it's just not worth it to play in an environment where we're just not sure of all the conditions that are out there. And to the point about the Thunder, that is the crusher. If you've been in Oklahoma City the last few years, the tanks have been out. This team wanted to lose, but they wanted to build up, so they got to pick like Holmgren in there. They get him in there. They pair him with Josh Giddey. Everything's looking up yep. with Shea Gilgis Alexander, and now it's not. And they've got a couple years more to roll those tanks out and play for draft picks. Just totally crushing. Absolutely crushing. Speaking of players that maybe shouldn't be playing, Tom Brady. He's going to play in his preseason <laughs> game. Is that a huge mistake? We'll explain. Kenny Carlin on ESPN Radio.